0: everyone welcome to today's episode this is maybe one of my favorite episodes but i feel like i say that every time because i just tend to have some of the most incredible awe-inspiring women um on this show and every time i just step back and i'm like wow like humans are really awesome which is a refreshing twist um you know in the today's modern stressful world. So today's guest is Dr. Kathleen King, and she is a physical therapist, neuroscience educator, and coach specializing in chronic illness and trauma healing. She weaves together brain retraining, nervous system regulation, somatics, and trauma-informed attachment repair techniques in her courses and mentoring. She is the founder of the Primal Trust Community, an online academy and mentoring program for those on the transformational healing journey. She personally found freedom from over a decade of debilitating chronic Lyme disease, CFS, mold toxicity, dysautonomia, POTS, parasite infections, PTSD, and more, and You know, we talk about this in the show that all those letters and everything else only mean so much. When you actually hear parts of her story and the real life application of what it was like to be in the health space as a doctor of physical therapy and have the like clinical understanding of certain things, but still kind of be missing it as an individual. It's really, really, really powerful. We dive into so many different little topics as it is the case with so many people I have on, it's like we could have talked for hours, but this hour we covered everything from how our nervous system and trauma impacts our relationships, how to stop the start the process without causing more stress and anxiety with it needing to be perfect. Um, we talk about just so many different things, brain, body, healing, regulation, and, it was just an incredible episode so um, i will let you guys get to watching and i would love your feedback tag us in this episode share it out with your friends this is the type of work and information that the world really 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 needs right now um and you know dr kathleen and i are both committed to sharing our stories showing up helping the world transition through this incredibly tumultuous time um so anytime you guys can share the work that we're putting out there, it can just help more people. So I hope you love this episode as much as I love recording it. I hope you glean some amazing insight and definitely check out the show notes for her links, her program and everything else. So here we go. Welcome to the Spiritual Fit Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Joy McCabe, and my biggest passion and goal in life is to help people optimize their mental, physical, and spiritual health to live badass and holistically healthy lives. If you want a truly multidimensional approach to your health and fitness, and you're eager to learn vital tools to help you along your journey, this is the podcast for you. All right. I am so, so, so excited to have today's guest on. Today, we have Dr. Kathleen King. She is a doctor of physical therapy, and she is an expert on all things nervous system, brain, body, across the board. Um, She's into all the crazy things that I'm into, somatic neuroscience, all of that, and I am just thrilled to have her on, and welcome, Kathleen.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you.
0: Yeah, so... (sighs) where to start. I always am like, Oh, there's so many directions I want to go. But I think sometimes the best place, you know, especially introducing you to a whole new audience is to just tell a little bit about your story and how you got to the point professionally and personally of being so passionate about this whole like mental and physical healing from the ground up.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I had a long story of being very ill with Lyme disease chronic fatigue, mold toxicity, virus, parasite, hormone issues, you know, just all the digestion stuff. And I probably spent tens of thousands of dollars going from doctor to doctor year after year after year. And having had medical training, I was a doctor of physical therapy, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out what this diagnosis is and what the treatments are and, you know, really took that route. And Ended up just getting more and more and more diagnoses. And then probably about 10 years into getting incredibly debilitated where I was bed bound, I wasn't able to take care of my kids. I was like, what has happened? I have this massive smart brain and I am, I've am. i spent every cent we've had. I've been to all the best doctors I could find. What the hell is wrong with me? Yeah. And in that dark place, I was like, I'm a freaking basket case inside. Like I'm a, I'm a nervous wreck. I am, yes, I have this diagnosis and this diagnosis. And I blamed all of my mental health stuff on all of these diagnoses. But at the end of the day, I was like, I am a nervous wreck. And I think I've always been a nervous wreck. I just had these really powerful coping strategies. And, and then things started to click for me. In that moment, I had spent many years prior working with chronic pain as a physical therapist and understanding the brain and the nervous system and that sometimes chronic pain is actually more in the brain. Actually, usually more in the brain and more in the nervous system in a way the psyche works with our emotions, it causes pain. And I was like, what if all of my infections and all of this stuff is actually not about the infection but it's about how my brain is processing. And so I went to start learning about um, how to implement what is called functional neurology, which is basically helping the brain to process information better and starting to work on the limbic system, which helps to process emotions better. And sure enough, within days to weeks, my quote, Lyme symptoms started to go away. Although I wasn't doing anything for the infection. I was treating processing and I was like, this is it. So I had the answer under my nose the whole time with my understanding of the brain, but I was so caught up in the infection and the validation of like, see, I'm sick. Yeah. I told yeah. you all, I told you, and then I didn't take the self-responsibility of that might be there, but there was something more important, which is I was never around a regulated, healthy adult nervous system in my life.
0: Yeah. And I
1: didn't know how to regulate. So that's how I started to regulate my nervous system.
0: Ugh. Oh my goodness. Like, first of all, like head to toe chills on my body. I wanted to just cry the second you started speaking because mm. our stories are so similar and the whole right under my nose thing, you know, that kind of was full circle for me and my journey too. And I was like, how did I miss this? But we can get so caught up in the symptoms and like, it's like we missed the forest for the trees. And when I arrived full circle back at through, okay, well, I'm focusing on all this stuff here but I'm missing this part, the whole brain nervous system. I was like, how did I miss that? When that's like what my whole career has been about. Like it's, it's crazy how, when we're in it, even our clinical or academic training is hard to actually tap into. So I hadn't actually heard that specific part of your story and it was just like so relevant. So thank you for sharing that. And like, wow, man, I've just, I've been there. I've been there. Every cell of my body resonated with that bed bound and everything. And, You know, I think people can have a concept of chronic illness and stuff, but it's a little bit different when you've actually been in those shoes or in that bed yourself and felt that so, so powerful. And Mm. for you to come out of that and be able to tap into tools that actually bring you out of that, like, I can't wait to get into the juicy stuff of that. So let's talk about kind of what was your, you mentioned, you know, tapping into the functional neurology and kind of instantly starting to feel the shifts on that. What was your process like? Like how extensive was it um, when you started this? Like how all-consuming was it? Did you did you have a point where you actually used these tools as um, another means to like stress yourself out at all? Or was it like really like instant, everything was gravy? Kind of explain that process of when you really started including this stuff.
1: Well, every blessing that comes along has its vice, right? So mm-hmm. I start learning these... At first brain eye exercises and i love them i mean i'm a physical therapist i actually knew a lot of them i just didn't know to apply them to myself yeah and i started learning limbic system retraining which is a brain rewiring practice and applying that and i was like having results and then because of the way that my patterning is i started to become somewhat obsessive like oh my gosh i've got this symptom okay which tool i in and then that kinked it up a little bit <sighs> yeah and so I started to recognize, okay, this is a tool. This is not my savior. This Mm -hmm. is a means to an end, which is I need to regulate my nervous system. And if anything I am doing is causing more dysregulation, I'm going in the wrong direction. And that's when I started to shift how I implemented certain tools into a way that was a little more holistic and um, a little less rigid and started to figure out, what works for me with the end result of bottom line is regardless of all of these diagnoses of all of these tools, how can I go through the day sending messages or cues of safety to my nervous system over and over? And if this practice is stressing me out, then I need to find a more creative way to still implement it, but without it being a stress.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that is potent too, because I think a lot of us, you know, when we feel like we're drowning in symptoms and like you said, all these labels and everything, which I have always had a, a hard time, even literally speaking the labels, because I'm like, I don't identify with this, but it's descriptive and it helps people understand, but we can just drown in all of that. And then we become so vigilant to fix it. Like nutrition supplements. Oh my gosh, I didn't drink enough water. And like that's what dug me deeper into my hole is i tried to put all the tools on steroids and apply everything and do all the things perfect all the time and i was like three years in i'm like i am more stressed out than i have ever been and i'm trying to heal this is counterproductive so that's interesting that you kind of went through that same process um i'm sure you've experienced this that a lot of the people that you work with just like me and i have found a lot of people in this space there tends to be a kind of trend towards very type A, perfectionist-driven, high-achieving females that kind of fall into these chronic illness patterns with a lot of complex trauma, you know, different things like that. And so it's hard to not take those parts of our personality and then apply it towards healing, which does nothing but put us backwards. So yeah, that's interesting that you share that that same perspective. And I love how you said, you simplified it with, how can I send safety messages, basically? Sometimes we can take... F- thousands of books and hours of study and knowledge and just condense it into one statement. And that seems so safe and easy to our body (laughs) versus really overwhelming and stressful.
1: Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I I have another trick that I use for our personality type, which is the go-getter type A, I'm going to fix myself. Um, In my level two part of my process that I teach, I take people through a mentorship and it's about five months long and i give their brain a lot of work to do but it's not about fixing their illness it's a it's more of like a self discovery process so they've got some a bone to chew on for their brain but it's not directed at my symptoms my illness and it's actually building a sense of a self that may have never been fully built because some of us, our brain does need something to, to work on. We need to keep it busy. We yeah. just need to find the right thing to help keep it busy on. that's something that's not going to in- increase the stress response, but something that is like passionate learning instead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super potent as well. I like the the give a dog a bone thing, because Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like a working dog. We kind of have this understanding of some dogs need something to do, but humans are kind of like that too. Like when you have a brain that has to have something to grab onto and you're passionate and you're a learner and you're, you know, high achiever type a, the worst thing in the world can actually be to be told to sit still and rest and everything else. And that's actually an interesting concept that I'd love for you to kind of speak on as a whole, because a lot of people, I think when they understand, hey, I'm stressed out, or maybe they have a basic understanding of, I've had a lot of stress and a lot of trauma, and maybe they get this idea of nervous system and how that applies to their mental and physical health. And then they try something like meditation, and they try to sit there. And then it's like, (sighs) everything just comes up. Right. And it's like the worst, most re-traumatizing experience because there are too many moving parts. Our brains are just all over the place. Um, Have you experienced and worked with people that have kind of like, okay, I cannot chill out. Like meditation is very traumatic and stressful to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's usually what I say for those people is in that stage, you're going to need to give your mind something to do. So Plain meditation, probably not for you, maybe guided meditation, maybe, but typically more of an active process, like an active limbic system, brain retraining practice, Mm -hmm. um, which is much more creative and involved is better for that type until they get their overall stress response down. And then they're able to like sit in a body and have one part of the brain busy as hell. And it means nothing to them. They can just sit there and be with it, but not at that early stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's super important. Like when I actually was introduced to the concept of like trauma informed breath work and meditation and really this whole subset of people that cannot do that. And it's not really indicated for them. It's just more stressful for them. A lot made sense in my own brain and body because again, I was trying to go like way up here and I needed to start with those baby steps and I needed to move in my body while I was meditation or, um, you know, EFT was a great process for me because it kept me busy. It kept me actually doing something and focused on that. So I think that in this day and age, we're getting a lot more awareness about like ADHD and, you know, hyperactivity in the brain. And I think a lot of us are kind of being validated whole lives when something didn't feel right to us we're like oh that's why that makes a little bit of sense our brains are a little different (laughs) they need something different to actually start with
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah it's validating for sure i thought i was just like crazy for the longest time i'm like i can be in meditative states sometimes and it feels great and then sometimes it's like not helpful for me and when i finally started to learn myself and what my body needed more and really lean into that my spiritual practice, my physical practices, everything really elevated. So, um, and that might be a good segue to kind of just discuss primal trust and what your overall like top-down approach is and how it kind of brings the brain body together and meets people where they're at. I would love for you to just elaborate on all of the tools and kind of the process that you take people through.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have a three-step process really that I use for people. there is a middle process, a level two process that is called the primal trust mentorship. And that's by far my most popular offering. It's several months long, and I take people into becoming this um, imperturbable, resilient adult. Sounds good, right? But it is a process. (laughs) Before that, though, is the first level, and I call that level one, and that's really getting your basic toolkit of brain retraining, vagus nerve tricks, somatic movement on hand, where you find practices, they're like, I like these, this is what works, and you're able to interrupt um, a limbic system hijack or an amygdala hijack or a fear response, where you can interrupt it, you might not be able to fix anything, but you're able to interrupt, and that's the first stage, so initially it's learning basic tools. And I call that my creating calm course. I have a new course coming out soon as well called regulate, but it's just learning the tools. And a lot of people have already picked up a lot. And if they have tools that work, they move into stage two, which is primal trust. And that is really what I'm so passionate about because that was the journey that I found resulted in the deep healing and the deep liberation. And it's really all about creating what I call a healthy adult main personality or an ego structure that has a sense of self so that it can recognize the voice of self versus other very quickly. It can recognize oh, this is me. And this is a part, this is me. And this is my super ego. So you don't end up becoming so swayed in your inner world. Mm -hmm. So the development is brain rewiring its values, uh, based learning it's certain somatic tools, but to develop a healthy adult main personality that may have never been developed because you didn't have a good role model around you in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: That is super, super cool. Um, It's interesting because like, that's one of the tools I use with clients is sometimes we can feel so fragmented if we have like anxiety or we have an illness. Again, there are parts of us outside of us and a simple, almost comedic tool that I found so powerful for myself and clients is to literally like name their anxiety, something like give them a name, call them Bob or whatever, and be able to recognize when there's something that's not your core person, like you mentioned it's a a reaction, it's a trigger, it's a brain pattern or something. And you can, there's something about being able to separate it from yourself. That's helpful for you to see it. So that's really cool that you use that same process. And it's a part of what you do.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the cornerstone. You have to start by mastering your own brain state. And then from that mastery comes a second aspect of primal trust, which is where you develop this inner imperturbability. And I love that word because it's the best word I can describe of what it's like to hold the tensions of the opposites that uh, the late Marion Woodman used to talk about, which is, you know, shit's gonna hit the fan inside of us and the ability to be in the muck, in the fear, in all of it, and at the same time, totally okay. Primal trust is inherent okayness at all times regardless of if you're sick and and maybe life threatening sick but you can still find this aspect of you where you have this you're intact with wisdom and you're not and you're not totally taken over so yeah. it's uh it's, it's a beautiful process of merging that adult main personality with what i would call the trust concept and that's the an ultimate outcome of primal trust is that you have this adult main personality brain state a true self-awakened brain state. And maybe your parts are are, are, are barking in the background too. <laughs> literally, I was like, the
0: <laughs> this and that is like so comedic. I'm just going to leave it in. I'm
1: literally going, yeah. no, it's great. You should, because that's that's life. Yeah, the, the sounds in the background and like, that's okay. That's there. It's just part of the experience. And so yeah. the outcome of primal trust is getting people off the obsession of fixing their body. And onto this sense of like, oh, wait a minute, this is what I love, this is what I value, here's my passions, here's my purpose. And the brain starts to like, oh, that's actually what really matters to me. And my body has a wisdom in fixing it in, in, in resolving this. Yeah. And in that shift in brain state focus, the inner conflicts start to resolve themselves. Yeah. And you know, this is a little bit more of German new medicine type theory, which I'm a big fan of. I just go about it a little differently. And that's ultimately what I'm moving people towards It's a different focus point that really matters to them and where they just trust, primal trust, my body will resolve this. And usually it does as you get into alignment. And then that moves people into the third stage. So that was the second, which is bringing your purpose into the world. And the reason why this is so important is because a lot of our nervous system is is activated because we have ancient programming in our brainstem that's like don't go in the world because you're going to get rejected you'll get cast out etc so that final stage of healing is facing that ancient programming that says I'm going into the world even if they burn me at the stake Mm -hmm. I'm going into the world even if they reject me because this is me and you're showing your brainstem that you're not afraid of rejection because you validate you, you accept you. And this is what I love. And when you can do that, the healing to me is complete because you're free. You can Ooh. do what you want.
0: Yeah. Ooh, another, like, I just love all of this, all of this, like my body just keeps getting these chills, the truth chills, as I call them, because every cell of my body knows that this is true. You know, it, it's gone through that process and, and experienced that on such a personal level too. So this idea that we need to be kind of self-resilient and grounded in our our own truth and our own self-identity, this is something that for me, I've seen myself and again, a lot of the people that I work with, we're seeing that in like an unprecedented level of intensity with not only the pandemic, but I think just the rise of social media as a whole. I mean, we used to be these small little communities and maybe we had friends at school or church that we compared ourselves to But that was it, you know, that was kind of normal community framework where now we're like exposed to thousands of people and seeing thousands of people's lives and feeling rejected by thousands of people. So how do you feel like that kind of shows up in today's modern times and sort of impacts our nervous system?
1: Yeah, I think it's actually a big part that's contributing to the rampant rate of what I would call limbic system impairment, which is an overreactive fight or flight response, fear response hide from the world and we're seeing people get more and more yes they're on social media but they're actually more and more reclusive they're they're less likely to bring themselves out there and to put themselves out there because they're afraid of remarks on social media or whatever and then when they interact with people in the real world it's a bit harder because that habit is already at play in the nervous system yeah so yeah people are starting to I think um you know be hidden hide and um and it's 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 a little scary and sad because we need each other to heal we need healthy regulated relationships to heal and social media is not a place I mean I I do not go on social media at all for any regulation I will say that right now that is really difficult to get regulated you know you might get inspired or say hi to friends or there's some posts you like but as far as like true regulation i think it's tricky to do that in social media there's just too much there's too much of a uh, um a tendency to like move on to the next thing there might be some great practices but then you're right on to the next thing and then you've lost it Gosh, so yeah. yeah yeah
0: that's super powerful because again for me and my brain and i think so many people that might have experienced this have similar tendencies it's like i love knowledge i love learning i'm like i The world is just this huge oyster of information and tools. And four years ago, I had a wellness center in Nashville, and it was primarily, you know, fitness focused and nutrition and life coaching. And I loved it. It kept me kind of here. But all of this personal study was about neuroscience and spirituality and consciousness. And I was so excited to take that plunge and kind of like close the fitness facility because Spiritual Fit Chick, my brand was like all of the things And what I found is twofold with the social media. For one, having a brick and mortar, that was my community. It was local. It was, you know, the 50 people that were there and it felt safe. Well, when I left that and then suddenly moved to a new city and like kind of came out of the spiritual closet a little bit, um, I got married, all these huge life changes. I think that was truly the start of my downgrade. Like, I mean, it was like, I just fell off a cliff of stress, anxiety, overwhelm. I was starting all over again, trying to come up with a new identity suddenly i was exclusively online again thousands of people all this critique all this judgment all of this who does she think she is she needs to just be the fitness chick like what's all this about and there were just so many components that even though i was really excited to close that chapter and i thought everything was fine i remember people asking me like are you stressed and i'm like no this is great my life's expanding but internally those cues of you're not safe this is scary you can't be you like that was eroding every single thing on such a deep, again, primal level that it took me several years to really even register the caliber of that, of everything I walked away from and feeling so raw and vulnerable and starting all over. So I think when I felt that way, I actually felt Okay, well, if I can just learn enough and do enough, I mean, I enrolled in a PhD program when I was already struggling to like keep my head above water, and I just became desperate to have more knowledge and certifications and all these things that could help prop me up. When the reality was, I didn't feel propped up from the inside out, and nothing, no PhD, nothing externally was going to help me feel that. Um, and so that was a really big lesson of leaving a career and a kind of city that I had spent 15 years in and everything, and that was just totally new to me. It was a whole nother level of trauma, even though it was a good change, it's those primal instincts that get cued of, this is not safe, this is scary, something bad's gonna happen. And that feeling of rejection and overwhelm, like that's more powerful than I think a lot of people realize.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think you're highlighting that need that we have to have community that is safe. And for those that are like seeking community, I think it's really important that you find a community where you're like, I feel like I could share my opinion here. I I feel like I am safe here because a lot of people are involved in different communities, but they would never write something in the chat box or they would never. And, you know, you might want to investigate that and start with a place where you feel safe and build from there or work on that inner world so that you can write something in the chat box or raise your hand and be involved or go to the meeting in town or whatever, we need community it is primal as you say it is our sense of safety and then on top of that it's building that identity structure so that even if you did get rejected in community you're like i'm still cool you know i'm okay and yeah. that's you won't get rejected when you're that way i mean even if you did you're like they're still respecting you because you're solid you're yeah. solid and trustworthy right and the physiological response the brain
0: processes that happen with rejection are entirely dependent on what's happening here. You know, you can get rejected. And like you said, it'd be like, cool, thanks. But it doesn't affect your core identity. You don't feel like a kite in the wind, just constantly tossing about. And for me, that's what I felt when I didn't have the identity of I'm a gym owner and the income that I had, like all these different things that I didn't think kind of contributed to my sense of self they did when they were gone like once they were stripped away i just felt so raw and vulnerable and awkward and i didn't even like myself because i had propped up my identity as an athlete a you know a businesswoman in the local community and suddenly when you strip all that away you're really just left with what's really there and i was like i got some work to do like some deep primal work to do because i felt so untethered and i think the last 2 years for a lot of people have Created that too from the political climate, you know, and people being more boisterous than they've ever been, and probably the most politically crazy time, you know, the pandemic, job losses, and everything. So, how do you feel that has kind of impacted people as a whole, even people that were really stable and solid? Like, how do you feel like the last two years has impacted people?
1: The job security I have for nervous system work is very high right now (laughs) because of that. The truth is, is that I get. You, you wouldn't believe the amount of emails that I'm getting where people are like, I've never had anxiety attacks in my life. I can't stop them. What's wrong with me? You know, I've been running this business. I can't, I was doing fine and now I can't sleep or now I've got depression or I'm getting a lot of people are getting a lot of health challenges because, you know, autoimmunity is coming up. They're stressed, they're eating stress. It is a, another pandemic, if you will, which is the chronic stress response yes. and the ways that it manifests from mental health to physical health Um, I see it as a huge issue that absolutely needs to be addressed and like we talked about before we got on the call if there was one thing I would say it's like everybody how is your nervous system how is your sense of cues of safety inside of you and if it is not if you are running stress it is a it's it's a fast track to trouble and it needs to be addressed and as you're thinking about what the next thing is to focus on what sounds fun to help you with your nervous system whether that is a type of exercise or yoga or meditation or a class or you know relationship work or intimacy work anything that you can do to help with your nervous system is a priority right now because i am just seeing a massive case of chronic stress
0: yeah yeah and i've seen the same and nearly everybody i know in the healing space it's kind of interesting because there's two corollaries one is that it seemed like we all went through this just shit show, dark night of the soul, seven, like several years of being knocked on our ass and non-functional. And then we went through that and we healed and we integrated. And then suddenly like this happened and it was kind of like, we all had this sense of this is what we've been preparing for, you know? And it's like, we've been kind of holding the space for everybody while still trying to apply our tools in a bigger capacity than we ever have because we're going through it too, you know, we're not exempt from the stress and the chaos and the political, just everything. Um, And it's interesting because I've had the same experience with people that have said, you know, kind of, I've never dealt with these things. And suddenly I'm like having panic attacks or all of this, but then just kind of like I shared about my story, there's also a lot of people that are having all these challenges, but they're not even making the connection that it has anything to do with stress or they don't feel stressed, you know, um, and again, that was my story that was really interesting. Is I starkly remember three or four different doctors. One of the first things that happened with me was my vocal cords started completely dysfunctioning. I mean, just like collapsing in on them. And I remember the doctor, this was like seven months into moving, and he was like, Are you stressed? And I was like, No, I'm really not. I just married the love of my life. I moved, like this whole new life is ahead of me. And he's like, hmm it's interesting because vocal cord dysfunction really has a tendency to be like type a, you know, finishing law school at Harvard. Like it has this criteria and he's like, but if you're not stressed, that's really interesting. And then like a year later, I looked back and was like, like I was under the most stress and pressure of my life, but I didn't feel it. Like I didn't even as in tune as I am, as trained clinically as I am, I didn't feel stressed. And I think a lot of people, when you kind of go into that fight or flight, you get that little bit of a numbing too. And you you almost feel like everything's fine until it all collapses. And then it's just like, what's going on here? And you realize I've been chronically stressed for two years, five years, 10 years, my whole life. It's like, there's always that straw that breaks the camel's back. And I think the pandemic has been that for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. It's really well put. And I love how you also pointed out that some of us who went through this, you know, I'd say like the 2012 to 2020 journey that many of us took, yeah. um, to become what I call grid holders of this frequency right now, because, and yet we're still having to hold our own life together, but you're right. Um, we went through this and we're prepared for this time because so many people are now going to be having to go through the same. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it's we're fun. like, we've- but yeah. We put on our oxygen
0: mask first. We've got it, you know, but yeah. it's, it's not been fun. I mean, I think sometimes we get this spiritual version of an awakening and everyone thinks it's like this beautiful thing of you go through a little process and you learn, and then you're there to help other people. And it's like, I have been through a lot of that, a lot of lifelong trauma, abusive relationships and eating disorder, suicide, you know, like so many different things. And I thought I was like, at the point where I was a grid holder, you know, I was like, I'm good. Like I got this whole coaching healing thing. And then it just takes you deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're like, I did not consent <laughs> to actually having to go through this crash course of personal hell. <laughs> but then on the other side, you're like, oh, everyone's going through that. And we like again, it's been so crazy how many people I have met in the last couple of years that just had that laid out on their ass, like everything seemed to collapse and be stripped away. And then right as we were coming on the upswing, all of this craziness happened. So that's been super potent. Exactly. Totally.
1: I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> crazy.
0: It's crazy. Um, so something that I I was actually binging your stories this morning to kind of get inspired for this conversation. And there was something that I hadn't intended to bring up, um, but I loved the little clip that you had on it was how all of this shows up in relationships, this emotional nervous system dysregulation, and like how that actually impacts our interpersonal relationships. And again, no better time to reference that than the pandemic where suddenly we were in close quarters, no escape from everybody in our lives. Um, But you had talked about like how the stress response keeps us shut down and in victim consciousness. And you had really mentioned the heart space opening and how we can get in this push pull control dynamic where we're sort of giving away our power, not taking responsibility and just causing so much dysregulation. And I was like, I was like, that could be a whole episode in and of itself, but I've never actually touched on that on my podcast or even in my, my coaching and stuff, it comes up, but I've never really brought that to kind of the public. So I would love to have you elaborate and dive in on that. Cause I think it's just such a potent, potent topic that kind of gets missed in the the overall nervous system talk. We talk about health, we talk about all the other things, but relationships, it's like, that's one of the three pillars that it affects.
1: And the truth is, is that it's in relationships that all of our trauma happens in the first place. And so it's through relationships that we end up healing. And that is the deep healing. And what I'll say about relationships, and this is my own experience too, is that we Tend to make the other person responsible for our emotional well being. And we tend to not want to take responsibility because at one point in our life as a child, it kind of was someone else's responsibility to take care of our emotional well being. We were a baby, and these adults are who our nervous system is looking to to say, Regulate me, yeah. make me feel safe. Well, that aspect is stuck inside of our nervous system. Our nervous system is still looking to the other and saying, don't hurt me. Don't trigger me. Make me feel better. And the biggest issue in relationships is when we're still unconsciously running that childhood program of make me feel better. Mm -hmm. And in that there becomes a fight. Like you triggered me, you're doing this to me. You're keeping me from healing. You're keeping me from doing what I want. You make it where I can't say what I think, you know, whatever. So it is that projection of it is their responsibility to regulate me, that has to stop to heal.
0: Wow. Yeah. Ugh. And that's a hard it's hard. I know. <laughs> it's like we don't want to.
1: We don't want to swallow that pill, right? Like we'll take I all am the really other up. pills, but not yeah. that. It's not my not. least favorite pill to swallow myself. So <laughs> no,
0: but you. I love the way that you put that. Like in relationships, is where our trauma starts. And like I had never even again made. Sometimes you just hear these nuggets, and it makes everything make sense. Like that is one of them to me. Um, And it makes so much sense that, you know, relationships are where we heal. When I was listening to your video this morning, it again, resonated with my personal story because when I left, my husband and I were engaged and we were long distance. He was finishing med school and we moved to Charlotte. I was ready to move, willing to move, happy to move, start a whole new chapter. But when we moved to Charlotte, it was for his job. And I kind of left my friends, my family, my income, my community, kind of everything that I had spent my adult life building to start this life with him. Well, with disregard for him and the fact that he suddenly was thrown into a relationship, kind of his first real life relationship where we coexisted, finishing med school and suddenly being a professional after 10 years in school, you know, he had his own set of trauma and issues and stressors, but my expectation on, okay, well, I left everything for you. So it's all on you. Like, you've got to act perfect. You got to do everything perfect. And like, I had so much Anger and like expectation of him that was not realistic or healthy at all. And then I got into the blame mode when stuff started, you know, going south and I started getting sick and my businesses weren't really taking off. It was so easy to put the blame on him because he didn't do the dishes and that really pissed me off. It was like so dumb, like looking back on it again with that hindsight. But the video that you shared this morning about like how we get in victim and we want to put that blame on somebody else and everything, like. I think that was the whole first year of our marriage as I started to get really sick is I was just like, I left everything for you. It is 100% your responsibility to fix everything with me. Cause I don't have anything else. Like you're all I have. It did not go well. <laughs> it was a very stressful first year and, you know, second year and third year, cause I got sicker and sicker. And then his expectation, he was like, wait a minute, I thought you were going to be you know, a joint payroll in this relationship. And there was just so many different dynamics and looking back on it and just seeing the expectation that I had on him from the get go and how that played into my illness and my, you know, slowed healing. It was just like, whoa, there was just a big, huge light bulb of like, dang, this is so, so, so huge. And as he's gone through his healing and I've gone through my healing, we've become more harmonious. Because of our self regulation and our identity building and all those things that we've been talking about. But that is just not a fun place to be in. Like you can get in such a toxic cycle of, I'm not going to be happier until they change and they're never going to change. And you just get fixated on they're the problem they need to change instead of redirecting that back to
1: yourself. And I mean, just how you just openly said that, how beautiful because people can go their whole lives and not just admit to what you just did. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, you've clearly done a ton of work. And it starts with that taking responsibility. It doesn't mean that you don't like still react that way and have those, those beliefs and feelings are still there because, again, it's nervous system level. They should take care of me. And especially you kind of put yourself right back into that almost childhood state of, I have nothing else going on. I moved my whole life here. The identity was rocky. You didn't have that adult main personality online yet fully mm-hmm. and so the nervous system's like I'm dependent on you yeah and you know and he's like oh I've I've, I've got this adult that I just married and she's <laughs> going to be you know self-sufficient but you went through kind of an identity reorientation and especially like the marriage program that gets awakened and all of that so you're working through all this programming and uh it's a big transition it's a big transition but you're seeing it And that's the thing in relationship is like every single day, what am I projecting onto them? Or what am I making responsible? What am I making them responsible for? Um, That's my responsibility. And usually we have to eat humble pie over and over again. And um, I sure don't like the taste of it, but it's, (laughs) it's, it is the process in the way that the best outcomes I've seen with relationships when they come to me is when I see both People in that relationship start making their own self-regulation, their priority Mm -hmm. saying, okay, we've got this issue. Maybe they can't decide if they should stay together or separate. And I say, you know what? You're not capable of making that decision right now from an adult place. So put it off the table and stop pretending you're going to divorce or leave or whatever, because you're actually going to do nothing because you're stuck in trauma. So just be realistic. You're not actually capable of making that decision, at least in a healthy way. Yeah. So putting it off and saying right now, your only job, it's not about fixing each other. It's your self-regulation. So you start there and then you might actually have a chance of, you know, after a couple months of practices of like, I'm going to regulate me. You're going to regulate you. We have this thing. We're going to coexist with it for a little while, knowing we're, we're working on our, our inner world first. That's yeah. usually why I recommend starting.
0: Right. And it's, it's so, so, so true. The whole like that childhood, you know, looking to someone else to, to regulate you and it, nobody's immune from that. You know, there were so many things in my last four years, like I ran away at 16. I was self-sufficient, self-made, financially independent, all of those things. Me too. You and I are (laughs) crazy. Go figure, right? Go figure. Um, (laughs) Like even the, the whole marriage identity thing that you brought up, like I had so many really twisted mindsets that were like, I think deep in my DNA. And then just in my conscious mind of like married women, let themselves go married women. There's just all these different things from my growing up and the marriages that I had saw. And so like, I had that identity to work through. I had the whole, I don't have a job and an income. I'm now dependent on somebody, which was a whole thing. And then I was expecting all these things from him And you know, all it does is when you're expecting and needing, like nobody wants to feel controlled or constricted. So of course, all it did was push him away. And then I got more desperate and more triggered. And then I lashed out more and I traumatized him more and his shutdown traumatized me more. And like, I remember the day where we had actually taken like a separation. I was like, I just can't even deal. Like I can't process, I can't figure out anything. Like everything was just so discombobulated. And I had this epiphany of, when I was triggered and traumatized by something, I would react, I would respond, typically anger, crying, you know, whatever, trying to get my needs met. Mm -hmm. And he would get so overwhelmed and shut down and go into freeze. I would go into fight. He would go into freeze. Mm -hmm. And we just did this, 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 (laughs) this further and further and further. And I was like, I'm traumatizing you and you're traumatizing me. And we're just re-traumatizing the shit out of each other. Like, and it was just suddenly I saw everything so clear. I'm like, we're not bad people we're not this incompatible. We are just holding a mirror up to each other's like deepest, deepest wounds and triggers. And like, this can either be our greatest healing or we're going to separate. And I was like, I've always believed that relationships are our biggest call to heal and grow. You know, they're the only thing that's going to shine that light on those deepest dysfunctional parts of ourselves. So I've certainly been through that, you know, and It's just—it's really hard to recognize it while you're in it. Again, it feels so valid. It feels like no, they're really screwing up. It's really their problem. I'm good. (laughs) It's them, but it's not. Like we're always co-contributing to the dysfunction in some capacity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is so beautiful that you were able to see this isn't a. It's 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 just a trauma pattern that we're in, and we need to work on this pattern. Um, because that probably saved your relationship by seeing that truth and having that wherewithal to like, you know, start taking responsibility.
0: Yeah. And like you said, the humble pie, man, (laughs) we're like, how many humble pies do I have to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner before I get this? And, you know, I've done some deeper like plant medicine journeys and stuff this past year. And I remember working with the shaman at one point and like the same thing was coming up. And I was like, dude, like, seriously, I have mastered this so many times. Why do I feel like I'm going in a circle? And she, again, just simplified all this frustration and lifetime of feeling like you're going in the circle. And she goes, it's not a circle. It's a spiral. You're just going to different levels. And I was like, it was just like mind blowing to think of that perspective shift of oh, it's the same lesson, but it's a different level of the lesson. I am still actually making progress upward. It feels like the same thing, but it is a little different. And I thought that was so powerful to to hear it framed like that. It didn't feel as disappointing (laughs) or personal.
1: It's all about memory structures. And when those memory structures get reactivated, it feels the same way, but our consciousness is at a different level with that same old memory being reactivated. So it might feel the same, but the conscious understanding of the experience and even how the behaviors unfold are going to be a little different and we think that just because our consciousness awakens or expands that the memory structures that were full of the charge emotion in the first place will, will change but that's we just get more they, they just get more integrated but that 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 energy is still there and so yeah it can feel like a, a circle but really how did you handle it differently than last time and what greater perspectives um how much were you able to have your heart stay open within that charge? The last time, this time, did you think, oh, we need a divorce like you did last time? Or did you think like, oh, actually, here we go again. So is your consciousness expanded in that same charge?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's really important. I think for anybody who's listening, that's kind of new to this whole, our brains are plastic. Like we can change our patterns and stuff because that feeling of I'm going through the same thing again. And I thought I mastered it can be so discouraging like so discouraging and again her words were just so simple and profound but it just sometimes man it just imprints and it hits a different part of our psyche and I was like if I had really understood that I feel like I could have been able to back away from my emotions a little bit through other processes and looked at it objectively a little bit more and again like you said instead of just reacting or feeling like oh here we go again been like, what do I have to draw on from my previous times with this lesson? And how can I move that forward? Um, You know, I think that applies to whether you're trying to get healthy and eat healthier or start a workout program or create higher money consciousness. It's like, sometimes we just keep feeling like we're back at square one and we're really not, but it can get discouraging if we feel like nothing's working. Like here I am again, you know, like when is this going to end? And sometimes it doesn't, (laughs) sometimes we just keep getting better at dealing with it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's always helpful. Like the more we get conscious, the more we can at least say in the present moment, I'm really triggered. And this makes me feel like this, and I'm wanting to blame you for that, or this part of me feels that. So, you know, in the trigger, starting to speak more objectively about what's happening would be a great first step for the people that are listening. It doesn't mean that you're not going to feel it. You might react just as crazy, but start to speak like, I'm mad. And I want to blame you for this. And I think, you know, like saying it, but speaking more consciously about how you're feeling and I'm wanting to make this your fault. I want you to fix this. I want you to make me feel better. Even yeah. saying it that way, like that is your truth right then you're wanting them to make you feel better. And even though I know it shouldn't be responsibility, I want it to be your responsibility because it's too hard for me right now. So you're yeah. just saying what is, and, and that was really helpful for my partner and I to start doing is, speaking the parts and speaking what they're wanting and letting the in, instead of uh you know directly blaming the person almost having the voice of that part in that stage of healing Hmm.
0: you know that's actually a perfect segue to the final thing i wanted to touch on in my notes um because it's such a passionate topic of mine again a huge part of my journey as a coach and just individual process and i think that it's a perfect segue into it is the whole concept of spiritual bypassing and trying to override what we're really feeling you know slap an affirmation on it only positive vibes only all of this stuff and again i think a lot of us have been we've used that as like our lifeline you know we've grabbed onto that in some really deep dark places and maybe it felt like a lifeline maybe it felt like it pulled our head above water but it didn't actually get to the root it was just a band-aid approach so i would love for you to kind of speak on that and share your perspective and experience with that aspect
1: Well, I remember several years into my healing journey, I'd done so much spiritual work, energy work, shaman work, you know, light, love, light, love. And I was sick as hell. And I'm like, why is not this healing me? I'm doing everything right. I'm channeling energy and chakras. And oh, I'm speaking with the angelic realm. And I was so frustrated because it didn't fix me. And that's when I started to, I had a, a wise mentor say, I think you're spiritually bypassing. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> and, um, and then I started to realize I resist the hell out of my messy humanity. Yeah, I resist the hell out of my dark tendencies. I res- resist the hell out of the fact that I can be an absolute angry bitch in my relationship. And I don't want anyone to know and I resist yeah. the hell that I, all the stuff in me that was my human that I just wanted to go away. And spiritual bypassing is like, we're love and light, love and light, love and light. And this isn't who we are, which we are here to be in a body and embrace our family patterning and ancestral patterning and to be that and be like, yep, I'm this and that I'm a messy human and I'm a divine goddess. And I have the tendency to be a, a, a bitch and a tendency to be you know, full of loving compassion. And for me, when I started to see like, oh, I'm not embodying any of this frequency, I'm, you know, wanting my, my human self to be different than it is. And I didn't believe that I think because of a lot of religious programming, I didn't believe that you could have poor behaviors and still be good inherently at the same time. And so my practice and it's still my practice is like when I've done something that I feel shame about like you know maybe it wasn't being a good mother or a, a, a good partner I'll, if I feel that guilt I'm be like yeah I didn't like that behavior and I try to find that spark of light that was there the whole time as I behaved that way my spark of light just watched me do it it didn't try to interrupt the God in me didn't say oh, don't do that, you bad girl. It just let me do it. So there's something in me that's okay that I learned from that experience. And that was a big part of my turning and a big part of my religious uh, unraveling as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yet another thing that we share, you know, I grew up with a religious writer, pastor, as a dad, a lot of deep, deep, deep programming that comes with that, a lot of shame around everything from sexuality to money is evil, you know, and again, these were sort of the foundational steps that I started at the very beginning of my healing journey. It was more success mindset, law of attraction. I mean, my transformational journey really started when the secret kind of came out and the whole law of attraction went mainstream. And I was like, this is everything I can change my whole life. And this is great. And it was a catalyst. You know, I think it was for a lot of people. It opened the door to quantum physics and this whole frequency, all of that. It was like this tiny little opening Mm -hmm. and it got me started on my path of I can be an entrepreneur. I don't want to keep bartending. I want to help people, all of that. But there were several years into all of it where I just started to exactly like you feel more frustrated and more just like, this doesn't seem like it fits. It was like trying to put on this tiny little jacket that doesn't stretch. And you're just like, "Eh." and I went to a really, really awesome, like Eastern based massage school. That was like really the start of me understanding somatic science, trauma, nervous system, all of that. And like I remember being in an Eastern AMP class and then discussing the five element theory. And it suddenly, again, like epiphany moment of we can't sit there and with our mind, keep the seasons in spring or summer all the time. Like it goes through this cycle. Each part of this, there's death, there's rebirth, there's newness, there's, you know, all this. And it like, it just finally made sense that the law of attraction and this always maintaining positive vibes was so against nature. And I'll never forget that day. And that time it was so liberating to me to be like, I'm a human with all of these seasons and parts of me. And that's okay. Boom. Like so powerful, so transformational. And again, that, that whole, everything I learned in that school from Eastern theories and all these outside kind of perspectives was so pivotal for my own healing of it's okay to be in a bad mood. If, Know something bad happened, or to be sad, or whatever it's not my responsibility to be happy all the time. And then it wasn't until literally six or seven years later that I heard the term spiritual bypassing for the first time. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute, that's like a thing, like other people recognize that that's not helpful, and like that's actually working against their own humanness. And then, of course, the last few years, I feel like it's almost commonplace. A lot of people are becoming more familiar with that term and what that is and how it works against us. But yeah, it was just like so pivotal for me to be like, I have all this stuff. I have pain and frustration and hurt and triggers and wounds. And I'm trying to just go to this one little tiny fragment of myself and maintain that that's exhausting. Like that is so unrealistic, you know, and it mirrored what I was doing in my physical life with fitness competitions, extreme dieting. You know, I was trying to be in this extreme place and maintain it that our chemistry our biochemistry is not designed to be and neither is our psyche so i think that what i've seen in the spiritual movement is all of this talk about like ascending to the 5d and like always trying to go higher and i've backed away even though spiritual fit chick is my you know brand name there's almost so many parts of it that i don't want to even like be associated with because of the bypassing because i'm like i am perfectly fine being a human on this messy earth, dealing with messy people and being a messy person myself, like that level of acceptance, I never thought I could get to. And I see so many people that talk about being in the 5D and this light love, this higher consciousness. And I'm like, it just shows me that you're not able to actually be in the mess. And like the whole planet is in a mess right now. If you can't be in a mess with them, like, how are you helping? You know, you're just escaping. It's like a reality escape. So I think that that is such a potent thing going on right now. Um, And there's like this separation of people that are willing to hold space for the true, the the shadows, all the darkness and be the light and people who don't want to deal with that. So they just want to be up here in the light. And I'm seeing that division more and more and more, but it's encouraging to me because there's a lot of us that are willing to hold space in that for sure.
1: I love that we're having this conversation, recording this on the solstice today, literally the balance of the dark and the light and holding the both, holding the both um yeah i totally resonate with everything you're saying and i'm grateful to have another sister in this <laughs> journey of being messy and you know sharing the stuff that's hard and also saying and there's all this beauty at the same time the world is going crazy and there's still beauty at the same time like you know programs are unraveling there is goodness while you know and we know from our own experience of going through the unraveling process that is hard as it is to watch, it's a necessary part of the process to rebirth into something, um,
0: whole. Yeah. And I think a final note on that is that it's one thing to go through that personally and kind of have that knowledge and that consciousness of, okay, you know what, I'm going to accept all these parts of me. I'm going to integrate. I'm going to just be good with all these different elements of myself. But there's a whole nother layer that you have to go through when you're a coach or a therapist or a leader of any type, because there's this like outside expectation of we're supposed to have it together
1: Mm -hmm. and we're
0: not supposed to be struggling because how could we help other people if we're struggling. And I know that I've seen people that I followed for years in my law of attraction days and I always felt like it was a reflection of me. I'm like, I can't maintain this happy vibes only. So like, clearly I'm broken because they are, but Mm. they weren't, they were just projecting that. And I felt like looking back at a lot of the people I idolized and got a lot of my early influence from, it would have been so helpful if they had just talked about having a shitty day, (laughs) you know, like it would have just been so validating of like, oh my gosh. And I don't understand why there's still this like obsession with projecting this perfect image of everything's fine. Um, when really so much more healing can happen, even from our mentors and the people we look up to, if we can just say they're human too, they're still struggling again, they have that bitchy part of themselves. Her marriage is not perfect. Like we've just got, I think it's our responsibility to show up as leaders in this space and talk about that more. And again, I wish more than anything that I had had someone in my life looking back that just talked about the dark and the light instead of just the light, because it messed with me for a long time thinking it was a personal fault that I couldn't just be all light. Um, So if anybody takes anything away, two people that have been through this process, help other people through this process, but are still constantly learning, constantly going up that spiral, and still have the shit to deal with, we're never going to run out of shit to deal with ever, ever, ever. So I think sometimes that makes people not even want to start a process because they see this perceived projected level of perfection. And they're like, I could never be that, but we're not even trying to pretend that we're getting people there. You know, we're just integrating and creating this wholeness and this full brain body balance and acceptance that I think the world needs more than anything. (laughs) We don't need more perfect pretending people. We need integrated balanced people.
1: I know. I mean, we've got enough filters and all the cameras on social media and Instagram and All of this stuff and you are like as you were speaking i got the chills i'm like okay this is the next this is the next phase for my growth as a leader is to share even more of the mess and the vulnerability and i know that when i do that those posts are always the most popular posts because then people share the same same thing in my classes like oh thank you for sharing that you have this issue we have got to do that because that's how we dispel shame we've got so much programming of, you know, light and love, which is absolutely, there is light and love. It's holding yeah. the tensions of the opposites, but that, that other aspect, the behaviors in our nervous system that are just part of our programming are there. We're going to lash out. We're going to go numb. We're going to dissociate. We're going to avoid procrastinate, all the things it's all there. Yeah. And we hold that with the light and love. And, um, I want to share more. I want to join you in that, that leadership. And we need to just keep encouraging people to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my podcast was kind of on the back shelf for several years as I was kind of in the thick of this myself. And as I've sort of really prioritized it front and center, the theme is constantly this, this power of story sharing, you know, and our personal experiences, all the certifications, all the paperwork, all the letters after our name can only get us so far if we're not willing to really talk about having gone through it ourselves and really voice the whole spectrum of everything. Again, on social media, sure, we want to share our highlights. Sure, we want to share a flattering photo of ourselves and our wins, but like we have to always be committed to sharing those struggles and stuff too. That's been my commitment for the longest time, and I have to really intentionally commit to that over and over and over again of Have I just been sharing highlights or knowledge or whatever, or have I been a real human being sharing my own experience too? And I think sometimes it's in social media, it's easy to want to keep up with the Joneses. You know, It's easy to want to just do that highlight reel, but we're in a different space and we're holding a different part of this whole collective awakening that is the light and dark. And Mm
1: -hmm. I'm happy
0: to be aligned with other women like you. I've seen it more and more. And I'm very encouraged about the space that we are holding in this evolution. So with that, I feel like we could, you know, have seven more episodes and dive into so many things, but in the name of time, we'll wrap up, you know, there, but I would love for you to tell everyone about your program that you have coming up and just where they can find you and connect with you, you know, all the resources that you have for people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I just launched something called the Primal Trust Academy and Community last week. And I'm really excited about it because in the past I always offered uh, high ticket courses and mentorship and high ticket coaching. And over the last few few years, I've built up quite a bit of content and um, also have started a a smaller community on the side where we had these mentors that were helping me. And we decided to make one big Primal Trust Academy and community And all of my courses, all of the training, all of these levels are all in it at a pretty low monthly rate. So it's about $96 a month. You can cancel any time and you're getting literally thousands of dollars of courses and group coaching and classes and recordings and forum it's like my uh way of getting to the world all of the tools they need all of the support they need and the deep dive mentoring that they need and you know so it's it's a huge risk for me it just launched but so far it's been really good and so people who are on this journey they're like okay i need to regulate my nervous system i have a whole roadmap. Uh, whole level one, two, three process. You can give it a try. You can cancel anytime, but I'm there to, you know, help to hold the container for the nervous system. Um, And yeah, uh, KathleenKing.com, Kathleen with a C, that's how you find me. And the, yeah, there's only one thing I sell now, which is that membership. And so I'd love to have anybody involved that's on this process of healing, especially chronic illness and trauma. That's what I specialize in. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: I'll make sure to put everything in the show notes for people to check out below. Um, But what an incredible, incredible, I mean, I can't even imagine the amount of work well I can because I've been working on mine for like two years and it still just seems like there's so much work ahead um but to take that much knowledge personal experience so many tools and modalities and put it into a program and a membership like that is no easy feat so you know (laughs) at that price point like you're practically giving it away yeah uh, I pretty much
1: am it's a couple hundred dollars a couple couple hundred hours worth of training and content plus all the live coaching every week several classes a week It's just because it's time, like the world needs this and whatever I can do on my end um, to help people, you know, get their shit together and help their relationships heal and, you know, get themselves out in the world. That's my goal.
0: Yeah. Well, what a powerful, powerful asset to have for people to tap into. I highly encourage everyone, you know, go, go follow her, listen to her podcast, check out her social media, look at this program. Um, There's so many incredible healing tools and modalities, Um, but if you're chasing all these superficial band-aids and everything else and feel like you're not getting to the core, like there's a really good chance you need to go deeper. You need to go to that brain nervous system level, or you're just going to keep hitting a wall, you know? And there's so much, like we talked about the relationships and everything else. There's so much connected to that trauma and nervous system dysregulation that we don't even think about. So I know through your process that people have profound breakthroughs and transformation that they never thought were even an issue, you know? Um, we often on the other side of our healing, look back and we're like, I didn't even know I had all those problems. (laughs) I thought I just had this one or two, but then we see how interconnected everything is. So um, thank you for doing everything that you do, everything that you put out in the world. Thank you for sharing your story and giving us your time and your knowledge and your wisdom. And I would definitely love to have you back on again, because again, I think we could talk about so many different elements of this with our life history and, you know, the work that we're committed to putting out in the world. So it has been my pleasure. Thank you so much. And yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed this as much as I did.
1: Oh, I've loved being here and it's, yeah, I love, I've loved talking with you. Definitely a soul sister.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. And you guys check out all of the links down in the show notes, and we will definitely be hoping to have Dr. Kathleen back on soon. Thank you. Wow. So what a powerhouse, healer, teacher, leader um, Kathleen is. I was just so honored to have her. The show was so incredible. As I say to every single guest, like we could just talk and talk and talk. It's like the show is like literally getting together with my people and the people that are so aligned with what I believe in and, you know, the changes I want to see in this world and just getting to have incredible conversations around like our growth, our path, our purpose. So. Um, I'm sure you got some great insights out of this. You probably had some light bulb moments like we did in the conversation. And I hope you check her out. And don't forget, um, you know, I have plenty of resources as well for trauma healing, mental, physical resets. Um, I have a program coming up mid-January, the Brain Body Reboot as well. Um, so there's so many different resources and options for you to explore, to really balance your mind, body, soul, um, and all of that. So reach out if you need support to me, Dr. Kathleen, anybody that I've had on my show. Um, we're all here to help and don't forget to check out the world only vapor distilled CBD and premium beauty and wellness supplements at zeninabottle.biz. My other passion project is helping people balance their brain and bodies with incredible plant-based supplements. So that is it for now, guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. Don't forget, leave a review, share this episode out, tag me, shoot me a DM if you have any questions, or if you just want to let me know, Hey, I enjoyed this episode. And again, if you have any topics you'd like to see in the coming up year, definitely give me your feedback there. So take care for now, guys.